Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So, Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might, or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation, and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life, from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching program, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Yeah, so you probably hear some children's music playing in the background. Freddie's got a little bit of an earache, so he's home. But Mr Blobby came on the television earlier 
And guess what he said, Hamish? Well, you won't be able to guess. I mean, it's, it's a wide net for me to guess. Yeah, it's a wide guess net. Guess what Mr Blobby said in one episode of all of the years of Mr Blobby episodes ever. Australians won't know who Mr Blobby is or Americans. So Mr Blobby was this kind of pink spotty character from a programme called... Was he a dinosaur? No, it wasn't no, a dinosaur. Just a it was just a blob. Thing, it was like an yeah. alien or something. Okay. They used to knock everything over. It was like a drunk person. He was a lot like a drunk. There's a Very lot of much. memes about him being... There's a lot of memes about... You know, when you think you get home late at night and yes. you're quiet, but you're knocking everything over. Yeah. And this Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Mr. Blobby was on Noel's house party, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he was just this weird character. Anyway, he happened to be on television the other day. We were watching something and Freddie just pointed at the screen and went, that's my real mother. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I laughed. I sort of thought, well, it used to be your real mother, but you don't know that. I was very much like Mr. Blobby for many years. <laughs> Do you reckon he remembers it somehow? Yeah, subliminally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my real mother. I was wondering where you were going that. It's not often I looked down at the script and the, the first thing that we just need to talk about is watching a YouTube video of Mr. Blobby. So <laughs> yeah. she, was she tired when she wrote this? Yeah. I'm the one that's jet lagged. You've got no excuse for that. <laughs> yeah. Today we want to have a chat about taking a month off booze. For some, this will be the pivotal month that you start your road to recovery. It might represent years of overdoing it coming to an end. Wouldn't that be brilliant? But for others, taking a month off might just be an excuse to prove you don't have a drink problem and allow you to get blackout bladdered for the other 11 calendar months. But at least it's a month off though, Vic. The old liver gets a rest, you recuperate, you get a break from hangovers and you prove that you can do it and raise a bit of money whilst you're at it. So the concept is good, isn't it? Yep, there are some positive side effects from giving up drinking for a month. But what do you do once you've supposedly proved you don't have a problem? Well, you start drinking again, don't you? Of course, you undo all the good work and you carry on boozing. So whether it's parched March, no fun November, dry July, sober October or dry Jan... Is a month off good for you or is it just a way of hiding a problem? Hmm. Did, did you invent Parched March? I did, yes. That's, that is freaking brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, back to the actual thing though. Why do people want to take time off something they supposedly love so much? Is the desire to quit drinking for a month a sign that you're questioning your intake and perhaps you're not 100% happy with your relationship with alcohol? Oh, do you think, Hamish? I think so, do you? I think... It can be a bit of both. I, I think, think it can, actually, yeah. if lots of people sponsor you to give up booze for a month, yes. you probably have a problem. Yeah. If people are like, no one's... No it's one, never going to happen. Yeah, if everyone's like, no one gives a shit, you're just giving up, I'm not going to sponsor you for that, yeah. then you're probably okay. That's yes, my that, theory. That's very true. Lots of Australians and people all over the world will be taking a break from booze this month. So today we're going to find out why, what happens to your body in that month, and why it could be an excuse to actually drink more. Would it not be better to use this time to reflect on your drinking patterns and find out how to turn one month into forever, maybe? Yeah, forever sounds good. Just a note, though, here. If you are a daily drinker, please consult a doctor before taking any time off alcohol. Yes, good disclaimer, Vic. If you experience any kind of withdrawal from alcohol, you need professional support and guidance. Contact your GP, a therapist or your local hospital to find out how to begin the process of changing your habits. Get people around you that can advise you medically and emotionally as you recover. Not two idiots like us. We are not qualified at all. No. Right, Vic, some stats never hurt, do they? Stats never hurt, baby. <laughs> no one's ever said that before. <laughs> 
that's a new one. <laughs> the tradition in which people abstain from alcohol for an entire month is growing in popularity. In 2022, nearly one in five US adults said they would give dry January a try, up from 13% from the year before. An estimated 8.8 million people in the UK, where the movement originated 10 years ago, said they planned to participate this year, according to the charity behind the movement. In 2013, the number was just 4,000. Temporary sobriety, it seems, is contagious, and studies show that pushing away from the bottle for a month does have immediate health benefits. But whether the health benefits last or reach those most in need remains unclear. That's insane. 4,000 people did Dry July in 2013 and 8.8 million people did it last year. Oh, that just shows how things are changing, doesn't it? it? Yeah, or people are just drinking more than ever before and need need a break. Also, full disclaimer, our listener numbers actually always take a spike in January. Absolutely do. it's evidence that people get on board in January and then come February, March, the listener goes back down to normal numbers. Maybe July will be another spike. Maybe we need to do... it's parched March. Yes, dry July, we'll do them all. Stoptober. Uh, any of them got bad names? No, they're all good dry names. Dry January's not a great name. No, dry January's not a great name. It doesn't rhyme. I think it's funny that we get, we always do an episode that we release on the 1st of January mm-hmm. and that is always our biggest episode of the year. Is it, yeah. And so that I think there's there's never an episode bigger than that. So I think people go, yeah, I'm really hungover. I'm going to go sober and then they yeah. never listen again. Yeah. It's so. weird, isn't it? So really our audience are either people who are sober and confident in their sobriety or hungover people. Definitely. That's who we're trying <laughs> yeah. to get to. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So Vic, when you were a drinker, and I think I know the answer to this, <laughs> but did you ever do a month off challenge? You know, or were you more of a drunk December or slosh September kind of girl? Yes, slosh September is probably more lucky. Slosh September. Slosh September. I never even tried. Yeah. Why would I have a month off booze? I was a boozer. I know, but you knew that you had a problem with it like 15 years before you gave up. No, I I thought I had a problem with it, but I knew I had to carry on. Right, right. <laughs> that voice was louder. Yeah, yeah, the voice that voice was definitely louder. Oh, I think I need to give up drinking. Do you want to go down the pub? Yes, that okay, was always yes. my answer. I thought smug wankers were people that gave up drinking for a month. We know that that is true. That is true, partly. We yeah. are smug wankers. We are smug wankers. Yeah. And I thought it was always sporty people. I was like, oh, I hate sporty people. I didn't do any sport for twenty years. Except for Frisbee. Except for Frisbee, yeah. My diaries are proof of how rubbish I was because I was always saying, I'm hungover today, I'm giving up drinking, and the next day was another hangover Mm. or the fear or having a terrible come down or whatever it was. There was always diary entries of promising to give up alcohol and never, ever succeeding. Did you ever like start a dry July and then fail? Or did you never even start? No, I probably only started a, a dry Monday. So we're not going months here, we're going days. Yeah. Yeah. There was never thought of a month. Okay. Yeah. Where was day, yes, I will, no, I won't. That was like, (laughs) that was as simple as it was. I literally got pissed on the following page. Yeah. Yeah. You may as well flush my social life down the toilet is what I thought. (laughs) Pregnancy was the only time I ever had total sobriety in my whole life, apart from now. Oh, now I sort of am a bit more smug because I'm five years in, I paff at people that do one month I've noticed you're paffing (laughs) you're going to be unbearable in July yeah somebody told me recently they were like oh I'm doing dry July do I look like I'm glowing I was like oh god do I look like I'm fucking glowing I've done five years (laughs) people want to share this with you people want to come up to you in July and specifically want to tell you they've got they've given it a go they're three weeks in and you're just going to paff yeah I'm going to paff I sort of want to say well done but at the same time I'm thinking try five years you bastard (laughs) 
Before I dragged you into doing this podcast, Hamish, have you ever forced yourself into time off drinking? Yeah, forced yourself. Sounds, well, that's what sounds I did. more aggressive. Yes, it? I've forced you. And yes. have you ever forced yourself? I have forced myself. So two different times in my life that I can remember. Um, the first one was in 2015 when I had that Rwandan charity and I basically asked loads of people to set me dares. And if they set me a dare, as long as it was accompanied with a donation to the Rwandan cricket charity, I would do it. And oh, one was going sober. So I did like a long sober stint. How long? A year. Great. 2015. So I did midnight on New Year's Eve, 20, beginning of 2015 to midnight on New Year's Eve, end of 2015. Okay, I'm just going to pause you there. What you said earlier about people, the one thing that they thought you might hate to do, because even though we call you the, the normal drinker, mm. people knew you would find it hard to give up drinking for a year. And that's why they suggested that, yeah, I'm guessing. I don't even know who said it to me. I yes, actually, that's interesting. It is interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because I guess I was 25. I was at drama school. I was living in Paris. Yeah. Um, living in Paris when like you don't have a nine to five job. It was a pretty relaxed atmosphere in terms of booze and drugs at yeah. drama school, as yeah. you can imagine, some yes, freaking yeah. clown schools and yeah. odd characters there. Yeah. Certainly some mushrooms and acid in, in jungles and I can imagine. That I was I can not, imagine. not a part of. Um, so, yeah, I guess I was doing a lot. A lot of the other challenges were sports related. Right. So I'd do all these marathons and the mankini and all these triathlons. So not drinking sort of played into them. Yeah, okay. So in a way, I'm not sure if I could have done it if I didn't have the sporting dates you know it's yes. like a marathon every other month yeah so that was a good way to keep me on track well done. Um, but yes i did it then i drank a shitload of ginger beer and a lot of orangina oh, that was my memory orangina is the best though yeah but yeah. i don't think i shined except no. it was a little bit orange right oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also the first month of my relationship with liz was a july i think i've spoken about this we our anniversary is june 30th so we're like right tomorrow we're going to go drive for a month and i think that was sort of born out of the fact that a lot of the early stages of our relationship were built on pissed up nights out yep so it was like okay cool let's do the first month sober um she raised loads of money so maybe she had the problem yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyone that raises money and giving up drinking we reckon has got a booze yeah, problem now exactly. don't we that's what we're going to uncover today <laughs> Um, we're so bad. We're, we're going to be so anti-people that want to reach into their pockets and yeah. sponsor people. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. This is a good thing. We're anti-charity. Yeah. That's it. That's we're so not. awkward. Anti-charity. Give lots of money to charity is always our message. <laughs> I also always thought, even before I met Liz, that I would go sober when my wife or partner was pregnant. I would do nine months with them. And I never did. I don't even think I did a week. It didn't even actually cross my mind. <laughs> Quite early on, we went to a drinks party. I think the day that we told all of our mates was Father's Day. And it was like toasting champagne, as we yeah. told them. <laughs> yeah. I was certainly still drinking then. They thought, oh, forget about that. That was a silly yeah, idea. exactly yeah. what we're thinking. You touched on it earlier, this idea of people coming up to us and telling us that they're trying sober. And I am not quite as harsh as you. I don't paff in their faces. Um, part of me giggles that we are now the people that people feel the need to yeah. come out to about yes. their sobriety. Yes. I, never, I never really know what to say. Yeah. Except, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing it with me. And yeah. I obviously have, have done it a little bit longer than you probably have so I can tell you some of the good bits but it is it happens often we yes, find ourselves in these yeah. conversations yeah. Um, but a good story that I heard recently was a friend of mine who was dared to give up drinking for a month and he did five years oh really which well, is a pretty rare experience yes. he said, also he said I don't know I think it was a bet and he said I don't think I ever actually got paid Wow. <laughs> to do five years off the back of a one month bet I think that's what we're going to aim for in this yeah. podcast if we can hear a few more of those that is what we're going to try and say he had maybe one of the great answers to why aren't you drinking which we've never mentioned before oh yes and we've done some research on this yeah his answer to why aren't you drinking why do you ask oh yeah 
quite good, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> isn't it? It's quite pointed. Why do you ask? Why do you ask? Oh my God, that is the best one ever. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yep. I was so why do you excited ask? when he told me. Yeah. It's a bit like that why are you so obsessed with me one, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's just similar. really to the point like, why is this any, why is what I put in my body any of your bloody business? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Love go. that little guy. Little gem, little yeah, gem. It is a gem. I always get people coming up to me if I'm out in a pub that know me and are drunk and they say, I don't usually drink this much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> well done for not normally drinking this much. People just feel like they need to tell me. It's quite sweet, really. <laughs> Right, we both have different experiences here. Did you take time off because you thought your body needed a break or was it because you needed to prove you could do it? There's a very important distinction to be made here, though, which was flagged to me recently by a listener. Oh, yeah. So this is the difference between someone who gives up alcohol who does not have a problem with it, like I did, or someone who gave up because they were an addict and had a real problem with it. And that is the use of the word self-control. Yes, so somebody picked you, you up on that yeah, day, did, didn't they? And it was a they? very fair point. Yeah. So if you gave up alcohol without having a problem, it's possible that it is a question of self-control. You giving up for dry July or you giving up for a year, whatever it is, it is about control. Mm. If you are coming at this from an angle of someone who was addicted to alcohol, self-control does not play any part in it. Correct. And actually even using the phrase self-control is is offensive and can mm. be a trigger. It's because it's a blame. It's like you're blaming them for, oh, they're just for the addiction. Oh, they which, can't of put it down. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Which is absolutely not it. So that was a mistake I made, but it's always important to be sensitive to language, I think, within sobriety, because you can rub people up the wrong way if you say the wrong things. Um, so yeah, if you are giving up because you want to, this is a question of self-control, July. If you have a problem, then really it's out of your control and that's possibly when you need to go and get some professional help. Definitely, good point, Hamish. If you would like to support the Sober Awkward podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love. By buying Sober Awkward a cuppa once a month, we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message. By joining Patreon, you get access to Sober Awkward merch, extra content, special promos and loads more. Just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for Sober Awkward. And together we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. When you went back to drinking, did you feel better about it because you'd shown the world that you didn't need it? Or did you go harder after that year off? So for me, the first drink was a disappointment. Um, not only was it the end of my year, but also because it was midnight on New Year's Eve, it was champagne. Right. And I was with 20 mates and I had to down it because I was with 20 mates and hadn't oh, drunk for you. Of course you had you to ever... down it. Oh, yeah, of course. Had to, yeah. they were Otherwise me. what would have happened? Yeah, I would have exploded. <laughs> Your friends would have gone, oh, that's a shame. But I don't know if you've ever downed champagne. I think there's a reason that it's like the worst <laughs> drink to down because then you just have bubbles in your tubby all night yeah. I like felt bloated I don't actually think I had a second drink that night for ages because I just yeah. felt like I was going to burp all night yeah. um, so it was actually a really bad first experience getting back on the booze after a year yeah that's not good um, but I don't think my experience of giving up for a year was to prove that I could I don't think it was that so much although I know most people do do that um, I do feel proud about what I had achieved when I did it I never took time off, I think, Hamish, because I knew I would fail. Mm -hmm. And perhaps if I did try, it would have been very clear that I had a drink problem. 
Okay. Because I wouldn't have succeeded. I would have been organising an anti-dry July party on day two, probably. (laughs) So, in fact, by totally refusing to do dry July at all, I was protecting myself from facing my issue. I never realised this until writing these words down yesterday. I realised that I couldn't do dry July because I wasn't capable of it, which is a massive red flag, actually, isn't it? We should have mentioned that on our Red Flags episode. If you can't do dry dry and you can't imagine doing it because you don't want to give up drinking for a month, then that is a sign that you've probably got an issue. Yeah. I've never actually had this conversation with anyone. No. I've had conversations with people who have tried dry dry and failed. Yeah. I've never thought of anyone not even wanting to try because they're so confident they're going to fail that it's going to basically slap them in the face that they do have a problem. Yeah. So actually, actually that's a good reason to try, isn't it? It's actually a good reason to go, right, I'm going to give it a go. And if you can't do it, then that is perhaps a sign that you need to go and see someone or get Mm -hmm. some help for your drinking issue. Because if you can't do a month off, then there's a big red neon sign flashing at you, I think. Or another way to look at it would be to set a really big goal. And then even if you do fail halfway through, you know, if you go, there's no way I can give up drinking for a month. You try it and you do three and a half weeks. Still better than not trying it at all. Yes. Or if you're going to give up drinking for a year and you do eight months. Yeah. Still better not doing it at all. Yeah, not having alcohol in your body is always going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think we need to address this idea of failing at sobriety because I think it can be such a trigger. Yeah. And you feel... Like for you saying, if I failed, I would have known I was an alcoholic. Yes. I think lots of people can probably relate to that. I wouldn't have known. I just wouldn't have done it. But if I'd done it and failed, I still would have dodged the fact Mm -hmm. that I had a drink problem. I'd just go, oh, yeah, what's the fucking point in me giving up drinking? I like drinking. Yeah. but I I wouldn't have mentally taken it on board because I wasn't smart enough and my head wasn't clear enough to make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that is a, that is an importance to sort of reframe failing at this or relapsing at this. Because really, like we've spoken about in the past, a relapse can be the ultimate motivator Absolutely. to start again and do, do yeah. it better next time. Yeah. So rather than sort of beat yourself up if you don't make it through dry July, you don't make yeah. it through a, a, a sobriety challenge, try and use that relapse as a kick up the arse to yeah. give it a, be- give it a better l- go next and time. And at least you tried and you can use it as a stepping stone into, into your next attempt. Yeah. yeah. At maybe least just, it makes you conscious of it. Maybe just don't wait till July next year. Yeah. Maybe give August a crack. Yeah, give that wet August yeah. a go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so the, there are benefits to doing dry July. We're not going to say don't do it, no. of course. So what are the reasons, Hamish, that people take a month off? Well, the first one is fed up with hangovers. Absolutely. Just being hangover free for a month is a relief. You keep calling ex-boyfriends when you're drunk. Yeah. Yes, people yeah. need a break from that. Mm-hmm. Or texting. Or I've, texting, I'm more, yeah. More texting. Or sexting. Yeah. Oh, drunk sexting is probably not good, is it? You've done that lot? Never. Right. Didn't have phones back in my day when I was into that sort of drunk thing. Drunk faxing. Yeah, drunk faxing. Drawings of your boobs. Yeah, yeah or photocopy. <laughs> Bottom on a photocopier. That's happened before. Yeah. Um, you want to give your body a break. You shit yourself at the barn dance. Yeah, I'm not going to ask the details no, don't that. ask I it. Know I it has happened to yeah, carry on. <laughs> um, you want to show your mates that you can do it. Exactly. It gives you an excuse to get wasted for the rest of the year. That sadly comes up a lot. Yeah. And um, perhaps you're raising money for charity. That is one of the one of the good things about Dry July. I remember uh, my mum actually said when people dared me to do the Mankini Marathon, she was like, I will pay you one more pound than they are going to pay to the charity to not do the Mankini Marathon. <laughs> I was like, oh, it is money for the charity. I don't know how to deal with that morally. <laughs> That's good. Some people do Dry July just to see what sobriety is like. They want to give it a go and they hope that they can see some of the benefits after just a month. There are plenty of benefits after a month, but as Vic will tell you, 
a lot of the benefits for her came after the second year. Yeah. Um, so it might be just sticking at it and maybe you might, because you might be dissatisfied with the benefits after the first month. It sounds daunting, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you really have got to stick to it because you might not get the benefits in that month and then you'll just go back to drinking. But yeah. that's really important to say, like use it as a starting block. But if we take a closer look at all these reasons, it really comes down to one. They are wanting to give up for a month because they are probably drinking too much. I think that is the reality, but rarely do people ever want to admit to it. Let's have a look at the short-term benefits of having a month off. Yes. What happens to the body when you give up alcohol for 30 days? You may notice an increase in your mental clarity and memory. You definitely get, memory. Definitely memory, yeah. yeah. You get better sleep. Your mood will be generally improved is the hope. Not drinking is scientifically proven to make you happier. You'll get a stronger immune system. Did you know that alcohol can actually make you more prone to getting sick by undermining your immune system, Hamish? I didn't know that. Interesting. A bit more hormonal balance. Drinking can send your hormones into a frenzy. It impacts our endocrine system, which allows our body to respond appropriately and cope with changes in our environment. We're about to do an episode on the menopause and all about that hormonal imbalance. It's really interesting. So, yeah. Decreased inflammation. Heavy alcohol use can lead to systematic inflammation or prolonged inflammation throughout your entire body. Cutting out alcohol for 30 days or more can lead to a reduction in things like joint pain, headaches and body aches. You'll get better digestion. Yep, and healthier liver function. And, of course, the reduced risk of cancer. So these are not small things, Vic. After a month, you hope that you'll be feeling pretty shit hot. Yes, but then the calendar ticks over and you go mad. You recompense, necking shots, downing pints and being the same person you always were. The binge drinking returns and your brain, liver and mood take the brunt of your reintegration into heavy boozing. It seems like a shame to undo all that good work. Think of it like doing lots of exercise for a month only to do nothing for the rest of the year. Yeah. You wouldn't really get any of the benefits. I also think it's like, oh, I'm going to meditate every day for a month and then stop forever for 11 months. So you're not going to get any of the benefits. I don't know why we sort of think that drinking those rules don't apply. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems counterintuitive. So you may prove a point and say, look, everyone, I can quit easily. Now, whose round is it? So what happens to the body when you start drinking again after a month off and get pissed up? Well, the research shows, love a research, <laughs> that taking a month off leads to what is called a boom-bust drinking culture. And when wet August comes around, you binge drink. It's the reward for doing so well. Of course it is. Remember, the brain is going to be searching for that dopamine hit. Research suggests a month off booze has exactly the same effect as a week off. So really, it's just binge drinking stretched out a bit. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. I found, I actually found... That's depressing. ...this depressing and fascinating, this research, because I didn't really know anything about this boom-bust situation. It's a form of functional alcoholism, just like going on a bender and then going for a run the next morning. You're trying to give the impression your boozing is okay by being a functional citizen afterwards, when really you might be hiding the fact that it's out of control so do you think that challenges like a month off actually encourage alcohol use it's such an interesting question then because i believe a dry month is sold as something to be endured rather than an amazing change to be embraced hamish it is actually the wrong message a challenge over a life change yes yeah At the end, you reward yourself with a big drink and a sigh of relief that it's all over. This totally reinforces the desirability of alcohol. Still seeing it as the light at the end of the tunnel, the solution. 
when really it should be, this is going to be hard, but hopefully it will lead to me never drinking again. It doesn't seem like the notion for 100% sobriety follows on from the month off. I really do question it, Haim. They almost want you to go back to drinking so you can do it again next year. I think they're missing out on the point a bit and not taking advantage of the fact that this could be the start of something amazing. So Vic, we had a look to see what advice the internet gives on how to reindoctrinate yourself back into drinking after a month off. Always dangerous looking for the internet for answers. Oh, as always dangerous. As soon yeah. as you have a kid, any kind of rash... Yeah, he's, don't ever all, look up rashes. It's always terminal. It's freaking awful. Yeah. Um, I hope to find articles saying that this was an opportunity for sober life. But all I found was sites with top tips on how to best reintroduce alcohol. Mm. First one is a perler. Yeah. This one comes from the Queensland government. We both mm-hmm. live in Queensland, Australia. Yep. It says, drink slowly, eat more before drinking and introduce alcohol-free alternatives. Considering it's probably lots of binge drinkers given up, these will literally never work. And these come from the government. Yeah, drink slowly to a binge drinker. You know, you can't just learn something. It has to be sort of undone your entire history of drinking before you can drink slowly. Should they not be allowed to say that? I don't know. I just, they're trying to give advice because they just know that people are going to carry on. So they have to give some sort of advice, I guess. There was never a mention on any websites of perhaps staying sober after a dry month or visiting the doctor or partaking in another month. The ingrained culture of drinking in society seems to be what this venture relies upon. Maybe the norm should not be given up for one month. It shouldn't be a dry January or dry July or a stoptober. Maybe the norm should be three months or 100 days yes like a proper stretch yeah if you think that's bad advice we found even worse advice on what to do after a month off now why are we sharing this i guess one because it's kind of funny and two because you sort of need to be aware of some of the things that people might tell you to do come the end of july yeah one of the ones it says here hamish number one is invest in a wine fridge And what they're saying is there that you will select one bottle and then not have another one if you have a choice over it rather than being out, I think. Absolutely stupid advice. That's the logic. If you've got a wine fridge, you've got loads of wine in there, haven't you? We're just going to drink it all. Also, what's the the difference to just being a normal fridge? I don't know. Because also then you can see, aren't they glass fronted? Because then you can see them all the time. (laughs) Just staring at you. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's awful. Weird. The next one was learn to sip and savour. Yeah. When have I ever in my drinking ever sipped and savoured. Well, that's what makes me giggle about this one. Who is that aimed at? Who is going to read that at any point in their whole, like, (laughs) drinking lives and go, I just need to drink slower and then really enjoy each taste? Yeah, I would say down and vomit. Interesting. That would be be more my style of drinking rather than sip and savour. See, I think downing and vomiting is a better way to put you off booze. (laughs) Sipping and savouring, you might actually enjoy it more and then want to do it more they're so not talking to the problem drinker here of course if anyone's stopping they're generally going to be a problem drinker aren't they yeah yeah. i don't know it's not problem drinker language no no (laughs) buy more expensive bottles oh yeah thanks for that i don't Mm. have any money of course i'm going to buy the cheap stuff i tried that one (laughs) yes i thought if i only drink craft beer yeah which is astronomically expensive yeah then i will drink less no i think i was just poorer Oh, you're just poorer and it's probably stronger. So you just want another one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it probably tastes better. So you want another one. I've added my own number four here, okay, Hamish, which is don't look up anything online and get good therapy. Okay. That's good advice. <laughs> if you're thinking up weird ways to keep drinking, it means you might need to find out why. 
Anyway, Hamish, let's look at how to make the break worthwhile. So are there ways in which those considering sobriety can use a month off positively? Yeah. We've been very negative. We need to bring it back round. Let's bring it back round. It is good. Don't worry, guys. If you do participate in a month's challenge, how can you make sure it helps your relationship with alcohol? Okay, so if I was going to redo it today, the way that I did it, yep. I would use that month to educate myself about alcohol and under, understand the health risks. So rather than just not drinking alcohol for a month, yes, I would read a book, I would listen to a podcast, I would like treat it as, as a subject for a month. We always talk about you get all this time back if you don't drink. Well, use that time in this month to educate yourself about why this is a good idea. And yeah. I think if people do do that, then it might stick. And it might go to the next month. Yeah, yeah. like a project. Exactly. A, a big life project. Good idea, Hamish. I think you can use it as a circuit breaker too, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a good way just to stop you in the tracks and go, right, I'm having a month off and see where it takes you from there. Also, I think it's a really good idea to write down all the benefits you're experiencing. I just did an interview with um, Rethink Addiction and that was one of the things I said. They asked, what would you do starting dry July? And I said, write it down how you're feeling that month. And then if you do drink again, write that down and compare the two. Interesting. Yeah, and see how much better and clearer you are in that month off compared to the month that you're drinking. See what happens. A little journal, even a sentence a day, (laughs) what is going on with you and then compare it. That's awesome. Or even the month leading up that would be a really good idea so do the month leading up do june write a diary for june and then compare it to how you're feeling hang on we're releasing this end of june oh yeah start it in <laughs> september <laughs> you're um, too late you're too late for your diary oh bugger it give up um use it as a stepping stone into sober life that's sort of the whole point of this episode yes we think see it as an opportunity to kick on rather than a 30-day challenge that ends at the end of june July. exactly we're getting our months all mixed up. We don't up know. We don't we? know. Make a plan for August. <laughs> yeah. Is August after July? Yes. <laughs> uh, we need a calendar. Is this like a really smug thing that so many people do? I don't even know the months of the calendar anymore. I don't do dry July. I'm just dry forever. No, I think it's just sad that we laugh at months. <laughs> It's got a sad sense of humour. We have, oh, is it August or July? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's really basic, isn't <laughs> it's it? really basic. Make August dry too if you can. Start a course. Have something in place so you don't boom bust. There's loads of good sobriety courses out there. Sarah Rusbatch is one. Yeah. Like I said, use that month to reflect on the role alcohol plays in your life. Use it as a sort of coming out. If people ask you why you're not drinking, you can say, well, I did dry July and I loved it so much that I've carried on. Yeah. See it as the start of something. I would actually try and book in things during July that you would normally have done with booze. Yeah. So if you're single, go on a date or go dancing or go out to your favourite pub or whatever it is, just as like a reinforcer of, oh, I can do this sober. Don't just stay in all of July and white knuckle it. Exactly. I think you're going to use it as an opportunity Mm -hmm. to try some things out that you haven't done before. You're not going to be hung over. So the whole world is open to you. There's a number of activities. Scrabble is one, isn't it, Hamish? (laughs) The one thing other than laughing at months. Trying different teas. (laughs) (laughs) Trying all those board games that have sat in your cupboard for months collecting dust. Snap is available to you. (laughs) Finally, learn how to Rubik's Cube. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, there are some good things out there that you can do that don't involve word games. (laughs) 
You can use this reprieve in a positive way. You can turn Dry July into the best thing you ever did by making it the first month of your sobriety. The app goes on and you start counting your sober days. This is a chance to give your body a break and really focus on why you drink, whether you need it, and to take a peek into what sober life could really be like. I think that's an interesting point. You could actually open an app because... Great idea. If you open the app, then you'll be disappointed to stop it at yeah, 32 day days, whatever it is. Plus, an app is counting days up. Dry July, I reckon people are counting da- days down. I've yes. got seven days to go. I've got three yeah. days to go. So maybe that's another little tip. Yeah, the numbers ticking over is a very satisfactory thing. So yeah, so di- download, I think it's Done Drinking is the one I use. Yeah, I don't, mine is Sober Clock. Yeah, Sober well, Clock, good name, good or name. Just, or just count, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or just count on your fingers, yeah, <laughs> and your toes. Yeah. The truth is, if you're doing Dry July, there is a reason. You might not be happy with the role alcohol is playing in your life. This is an opportunity for change, so use it and then take the steps and tools you need going forward into an alcohol-free life. Giving up booze for a month doesn't magically wipe the slate clean. Partaking in dry July won't negate the effects of drinking more than you should the other 11 months of the year. A four-week fast won't necessarily give you all the tools you need to improve your relationship with booze when the calendar clicks over for the next month. But it will give you the headspace to reconsider alcohol moving forward. We recommend you do Dry July, but don't see it as just a month off. See it as the start of your sobriety journey. Your journey. Yeah, Ben, let's start our journeys. (laughs) That way, all the benefits stay and you get to leap into the life you always wanted. Yes. Try and grab someone and do it with you as well. I think that always helps. Doing it with a a mate. Yeah, even a group of mates. Yeah. Yeah, get people together. I can convince a whole group. I haven't got a group. You don't have a group of drinking mates, though. (laughs) Mine's more like a gaggle. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I was actually funny enough it's a bit totally unrelated but have you ever looked up all the things the groups that they're called like you a gaggle was, this a is school similar of to fish. your wordplay chat yeah god I've been watching too much David Attenborough in the evenings so that's what happens when you get um, sober what's the uh, dolphins or whales they've got something quite funny uh, a, a school is good uh, is there a storm of something oh maybe anyway <laughs> It's going to be like a Rapunzel episode all over again. If it's me and Hamish just sat in silence trying to think up words that we don't know. (laughs) Our life isn't dull. Our life isn't dull. Our life isn't dull. Our life isn't dull. (laughs) I love it. Do you want to finish on this lovely quote, Hamish? Yes, I will. Okay. If you're not moving away from a drink, then you're moving closer to it. Oh, so true. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We just want to mention on here as well, of course, very quickly, we've got our show coming up in September in Sydney. So go on to Eventbrite or www. Do we still say that, Hamish? So, yeah. Do you still say it? I don't it? think you have to. I think you just go straight to soberawkward.com and people assume the triple W. Worldwideweb.soberawkward.com <laughs> and buy your tickets today. And if you've got any mates in Sydney, get them onto it because that would be great. We, we can't wait to meet some of you down there. Or just fly across the world for it. Yeah, we'll fly across the fucking world. Twenty first come September. and see us. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Yeah. Whoever flies the furthest, yeah, gets a big kiss. Oh, I was going to give them some sort of merch, but no, short. don't give them merch. We don't make money if we Can't give them merch. That. Yeah, go and buy a t-shirt on soberawkward.com. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll give you a big kiss. I'll kiss the package. Uh, that doesn't sound right, does it? If you're a man, I will kiss that your package. <laughs> I only did that when I was drunk, Hamish. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, 
or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? I don't know. Just write it on Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, it's probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. <laughs> You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? 
I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His teeny little, his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 